The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Sometimes the world looks like you ain't ever seen it before. Stuck behind never-ending windows. All you need is a door. Searching for something to put a smile back on your face. Just remember in unusual times it can come from an unusual place. You need a partner for the ride. Cause everybody needs a climb. So set your worries to the side. Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Do you not want to wait? Neither do we. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Jess, I'm amazed with your confidence, not only to leave your podcasting co-host on her own all weekend while they're forming other relationships with other podcasters. And before you know it, some other podcaster is going to come around some like, you know, bubbling, naive, artsy type. And she and, he, and she's just going to come along and steal your co-host right from under your nose. And trust me, that sucks. <laughs> And, Are and you how speaking you from personal feel? experience? How would you feel? <laughs> I mean, hold on. Wait a minute. Yeah, I might be speaking from... <laughs> I was just minding my own business, and next thing I know, you have a a podcast on a bigger network. Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say, like, I'm pretty sure it was, like, right, like, a month or two later. <laughs> yeah. Is Josh a bumbling, naive, artsy type, would you say? Um, I wouldn't call him naive. I certainly wouldn't call him bumbling, but he's an artsy type, so he fits. Okay, so then I'm bumbling and naive, and he's He's artsy type. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a combination of the two of us is the bumbling, naive, artsy type. There you go. Um, But I, I just was on your podcast, and you guys were lovely to me. 
Yeah, you guys weren't lovely to me, I think is what it was. <laughs> I was I, I was put in the third wheel position. Uh, I didn't appreciate that. I don't know about but, that. But here we are. We're talking Dawson's Creek. Hello, listeners. Hello. Welcome Hello. to our Hello. podcast. So formal. Um, we're here. Uh, it's it's a Friday for us today, which is different. We usually record on Thursdays, so I feel like there's extra like pep in our step because we're just strong into the weekend here. Yep. I don't know. Um, I love weekends. Me too. Very excited. It's summer. It's hot. Uh, it's almost my birthday. Not really. We're a month and a half out. It's getting close. Uh huh. But yes, it's before my up. birthday is yeah. our friend anniversary, which yes. This podcast will be released on. <gasps> Happy friend anniversary, Jessica. Happy friend anniversary to you, Sarah. For those who don't know why we're even talking about this, it probably seems weird to you. Um, we know the date that we became friends because it was after a whole, like, if you know what an ORG is, I was working on one. Sarah was like the star of that one. Oh, and thank you. And we became friends. So oh, thank you. That is how we know the date we became friends. Yes, yes. So, I mean, I we already had our first interaction a year ago today or a few right. days ago. But yes, then it was like there was some bias. We couldn't show bias. So, right. you know, after the game was over, then we became friends. Yes, exactly. Um, but yes, now we have this, uh, the you know, our friendship birthed this podcast yeah. So we have it that to to thank for it. Um, yeah. Some would say yeah. best friends. Um. Some would say not. <laughs> so, which one of us would say best friends, and which one would say no? I say best friends, and you say no. I don't say no. Well, you're like you're like, you're the type who's like, oh, I have multiple best friends, right? They're all yeah. I have an A list. <laughs> oh my you god, am probably, I on the B list? You should probably cut that out. <laughs> Fine, just like let it out. It's time that everyone should know. Everyone should know their place. Yeah. Um, But anyway, we're here talking Dawson's Creek. We actually have some feedback to get into before the podcast. Um, Look at that. Because we do keep talking about Felicity because our, you know, lovely contributor, excuse me, lovely contributor Kelly always brings up Felicity. So, of course, we always talk about the potential down the line for us to talk about Felicity. Um, And we do have feedback from a listener, Ben Cohen. And he has some feedback to give us on his thoughts on us covering Felicity. Um, so he starts off, Jesus fucking Christ, ladies, which love him already. We love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, he says in his June binge of our show, don't fucking judge me. I'm not even watching along as he's already seen Dawson's Creek twice in two, 20 years. How much more angst does an almost 50 year old straight black guy need? Anywho, uh, in my binge, I keep hearing talk about podcasting the show Felicity. Um, He says he can't recommend it enough, but he can't imagine doing concurrent podcasts on these two shows. The angst alone is too much to bear. Um, He says, I'm happy to say I agree with the rest of the shit 90s noodles, which we have to pause down here. Yeah. Because we joked long ago um, that our friend JD, the person who, the the brilliant man who gave us our uh, theme song, had said that our fans were called shitheads 
Now, it looks like we have a suggestion from Ben, whether he meant to or not, that our our listeners, I should say, not fans, mm-hmm. our listeners should be called Shit 90s Noodles. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I love the noodles. I, I think it's cute. so funny. I love it. Shit 90s Noodles. Yes. I'd like um, to hear feedback if the noodles like it. So noodles, yeah. let us know. Noodles, hit us up. Yes. Would you um, want to be a shithead or a noodle? Probably a noodle. <laughs> probably, probably want to be a noodle for me. Probably shit. rather be a noodle. Uh, um. Anyway, so he does say uh, that um, that Felicity is a really great show. However, he does say that for our own sanity, he thinks that we should wait until Dawson's Creek is over. Um. Listen. We're not starting Felicity anytime soon, Ben, so don't even worry about it. It definitely would not be until we finished either Dawson's Creek or Boy Meets World or both. We're not making any promises, but it is on the table of potential shows down the line that we would watch. Um, He also shout out to Grace. He did mention Grace in his feedback email saying that he loves Grace and she was so good on the podcast. So thank you so much, Ben. This was such a funny email to read. I, like even if people don't have feedback for the the episodes themselves, if you ever just want to send in general feedback, we really mm-hmm. enjoyed reading this. Yeah, it was so funny. I really, really enjoyed it as well. Thank you, Ben. Yes. So please weigh in. Noodles or shitheads? Yeah. You must know. Yeah, the BC. I we called him the BC before. Oh, then, okay. Yeah. Oh, yes, because he yelled at us for singing, right? So he didn't yell at us. He said that he loved our singing. <laughs> but the BC. Yeah, the BC. Um, thank you so much. That was so fun to read. Um, are we ready to get into this Uncharted Waters episode? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go. It it was an experience. Like, I, what? I don't think I was anticipating any of this. But no, you I, had said there was going to be like Uncharted Waters. I think you thought that there was more relationship drama. I think you thought it in like a metaphorical sense, but right. it was quite literal in that they went on a fishing <laughs> trip. <laughs> Yeah, I was not anticipating a fishing trip, that's for sure. To be fair, I feel like in most teen dramas, it wouldn't be a fishing trip. Right, right. But Dawson's Creek hits different, as always. It is on the water. It is coastal, so. Um, (laughs) Going postal. (laughs) Yes. Going coastal, going postal, coastal. Yeah. Postal, postal? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, <laughs> moving on, moving on. Anyway, so we're um, we're going to kind of break this down a little bit more chronologically because we're going to start off like pre-fishing trip, pre-girls hangout, and then we're going to take those two sections individually. Um, mm-hmm. So we start off with Pacey and Dawson in Dawson's room, as we usually are. Um, Pacey's playing darts. I feel like Dawson is not the type to have a dartboard in his room. No, no, absolutely not. I think that Pacey just brings the startboard with him everywhere he mm-hmm. goes. Um, Dawson is not even caring what Pacey's like thinking about or doing because yeah. Pacey's like, I think that I can do this professionally. Like, I'm really good at darts. Like, maybe I can travel the world. Like, maybe I could like do this professionally, which like, I really don't think that there's like... <laughs> dart tournaments that are like <laughs> worldwide like I could yeah. totally be wrong like I, it's shocking enough that there's like chess tournaments that are worldwide but like dart tournaments I don't think so but of course Dawson is very self-centered and he's only talking about his movie and he's like talking about like oh I have to watch all these boring old black and white movies to like make my characters more complex like for example the great Santini you know 
you know, everybody knows the great Santini, that father son relationship where the father thinks the son is a screw up. Like, you know, this great Santini, right, Jess? Yeah, none of this makes any fucking sense. And this is just like a preview of what's to come on this fishing trip of Dawson being again. We have been really so far on Dawson's side for the majority of this season. And this episode Right off, uh, uh, speaking of water, he's off the fucking deep end. Like, he, that's it. You know what? Dawson pisses me off so much this episode. And this is just the start. It's very obvious he's not paying attention. And even when, the thing that kind of bothers me the most is that even when Pacey kind of points things out, like, even before they go on the fishing trip, Dawson just, like, doesn't hear it. He, like, repeatedly defends Mr. Witter. And it's like, don't you think his son would know more about him than you do, Dawson? Um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, so Pacey brings up, well, they're going on a fishing trip this weekend. It's like a guy's fishing trip. So it's supposed to be Pacey and his father and Dawson and his father. Um, and before they go on this fishing trip, Mr. Witter, uh, like pulls over. I don't know. It's something about like, and you can see this is where Dougie gets it from, where it's just like, let me just use my power to turn on my fucking cop lights and like pull these kids on bikes over. Just can to, like, you get talk to pulled them. over on a bike from a cop? Oh, yeah, you certainly can, because I'm pretty sure. I think it depends on what state you live in, but I'm fairly certain that like riding a bike while intoxicated is like illegal or something. Okay. <laughs> One but you could like get pulled over, you know. Right. Yeah. Like, do you have to obey traffic laws? Like, that's my on a bike question. Yes. Because yes. okay, so I was like a kid, and I lived like on a one way like one way street Mm -hmm. and I did not know for the life of me if I could go the opposite way on my bike on the street if that was illegal (laughs) so like I was like such like a good kid I was like crap like I don't know if I can do this so I went all the way around See, that you certainly, yes, you oh, yeah. can ride like your that, bike. Yeah, yeah, right. But no, but you're still supposed to, like, ride on a certain side of the, the street and, like, you know, if yeah. you're going to try to turn, use, like, hand signals or whatever. Right. Um. Yeah, so he, like, he pulls them over. The yeah. Yeah, and he's like, oh, he's so impressed with Dawson. And he's like, oh, and when you go off to, like, some fancy school you're going to go to, make sure you come back and visit Pacey at whatever fast food restaurant he's working at. Like, he's such a fucking dick from the minute we meet him that Mm -hmm. I'm almost happy we haven't met him up until now because Dougie was enough to piss me off. And now we have Mr. Wetter, who's, like, an equal, if not worse, like, no, he's definitely a worse piece of trash father that, like, just seriously is, he's unbearable. Yeah, there's um, a lot of... Opening alarming things um, about John Witter. I think that his name is John, right? John. I just heard Mr. Witter. It could be John. Yeah. I think it's John. Um, So, yeah. So basically, he, you know, compliments Dawson. He calls him like a wonder kid, like that he's going to be a big week, a big wig out in La La Land. Like, all this stuff. Um, he's like, oh, compare, uh, come prepared physically and mentally because you're going to go, um, you're going to be fishing in the presence of greatness and they need to win a trophy. So apparently this is a contest as well. Yeah, it's definitely like a fishing contest. And he's like, oh, we're going to bring back a trophy or we will end our lives at sea. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, bro, like, why are you taking this so seriously? Like, this is, first of all, if you're taking this seriously, I feel like Dawson and Mitch are not the two people you want to bring along because they don't know <laughs> shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what, like, Dawson said. He's like, okay, like, BT dubs, my dad and I kind of suck, and we're, like, pretty much wusses. So, like, 
you know, we are probably going to do nothing for you. Yeah, this is all. not the crew to bring on your fucking fishing expedition. Yeah. We will talk your ear off and annoy you the crap out of you, and we'll mm-hmm. bring some good sandwiches, maybe. Yeah. But and that's about it. Yeah, that's it. And that's the thing, like, PC, because I think, I'm pretty sure that um, Dawson says something like, oh, your dad is classic PC. And PC's like, no, did you hear that snark about, like, me working at a fast food restaurant? Like, he doesn't respect me at all. He thinks I'm yeah. a fucking joke. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but... It's it's like Pacey's dad is like such a catfish because like to everybody else in the town and even to Dawson, like he's like this upstanding yeah. guy. Like he like saves like men, women and children. Like he's like the guy that is like the town hero. And like to Dawson, he's like, you know, with your brain and commitment to excellence, you'll like make a f- first rate first mate. Which is a, a really hard line, <laughs> Dawson yeah. writers. A first-rate first mate. Yeah, and here's the thing. This is what's like even worse, right? Like I completely agree with you. Everybody else thinks he's like a hero. He's the mm-hmm. town hero, right? He's like he's mm-hmm. a cop locally. He probably is super nice to other people, but to his own fucking family, like uh, to me, like a read of a person is how well they treat the people around them. Yeah, and so like PC included in that, and he mm-hmm. he treats him like he's just like. He's so we can't even believe he's his son. Yeah, um, yeah neglectful parents in my mind. Th- one of their like <sighs> most manipulative things is that they are so nice to like their friends or to people that they don't know that they trick you into thinking like you know oh there's no possible way that they can right. be that bad. Like right. and it's like well you know listen that you know the sons or the daughters or the family know that person best so yeah. maybe trust what they're saying like yeah. anybody could be you know kind and fun to other people but you know nobody knows what really happens behind closed right. doors at home. Well that's the funny thing too is like we like we know Dawson and Pacey have been friends for a really long time. So it's almost surprising. Like, it's it's surprising and it's not that Dawson doesn't really know mm-hmm. the truth of their relationship. And my guess is here's my here's my guess. I bet Pacey if, if ever Dawson and Pacey are hanging out. Pacey wants to hang out at Dawson's because yeah. he doesn't want to be at his own house. Yes. And if he is there and Dawson is there, you know his dad is like super, super nice when Dawson's around. Yep. So Dawson yep. just doesn't understand and he thinks that Pacey is like blowing it out of proportion. Yep. Um. So we'll we'll get into more of um Pacey's father's stuff later. But it, it, it starts off extremely on the wrong foot and immediately puts like a sour taste in my mouth that I have to spend the whole episode with this guy. Um... So we're we're in school now. Um, Dawson and Joey are chatting about the production of Dawson's movie and some like production setbacks and the costs and everything. And Joey's like, I feel like Joey is almost like happy here because she's like, oh, great. It's not so bright without me. And then, of mm-hmm. course, Dawson has the line of like, oh, well, Jen's great. She's putting out fires left and right. And Joey's like, oh, but she doesn't have any experience. He's like, I know. She's just a natural at it. Oh, my God. Joey's so bothered. (laughs) Oh, she's so bothered. Um, Jen is like, that is like what CEOs want is an employee that can put out fires before they start. So if this is Jen's specialty, then she will make a prized employee for any employer. 
Absolutely. And apparently, yes. like, yeah, so this is when Jen walks up, of course, perfect timing. Yeah. Um, but she was apparently looking for Joey. She invites Joey uh, because Gail is doing a news report on teenage girls. Right. So, so to me, it sounds like Jen's really feeling this producer role. So she asked Gail if she can shadow her in at work, essentially. Right. So yeah. and one of the th- stories that they're working on is like teen girls as the new consumer phenomenon, what they think, what they like, what makes them tick. So the idea is getting a group of teen girls together and interviewing them. Right. And I think she had the thought of like, and maybe we can talk about if there were ulterior motives later, but she, I'm, I'm assuming that she's like, well, Joey's articulate. She's smart. Like, let me ask her to, to come with us and, mm-hmm. you know, and say her piece. Or maybe it was Gail's idea. Like, that's certainly possible as well. Right. Yeah. So I thought that this was, I think that Jen said what she needed to say to get Joey to sign on. Yeah. A little bit of buttering up. Yeah, exactly. Do we do we want to go to the girls first or the guys first? Uh, maybe the girls. Okay. Just the gals. Just um, some gal pals hanging out. Yeah. So Andy and Joey are walking towards Dawson house, um, ta- Dawson's house together. And I think it's so cute that they, like, came together and they're walking together. Like, look at you, Joey, making some friends. Like, and we've said that we thought that Andy and Joey would, like, get along. Like, I feel like they balance each other out in a really great way. Um, yeah. Maybe they're both a little bit, um, like, paranoid to be too, like, too friendly with each other. But... I think if they got comfortable with each other, they'd make really good friends. Yeah, they should not try pot together for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) They'd just be spiraling like, oh, no, the cops are coming to get us. Like, how much, like, never mind. The first time, you're always like, the cops are going to find us. Like, how? going to find me. Yeah. How are they going to find you? (laughs) So, um... Jen greets them and is really thankful that they made it. Joey is, like, already snarky. And she's like, well, I couldn't resist seeing the hot new producer in action, could I? Like, okay, Joey, like simmer down. And then Abby's there and she is like constantly flirting with the cameraman the whole time. Yeah. Um, Andy says, oh, God, not you. And Abby's like, rude. Where's the love? Yeah. Like, Abby, you're so rude to everybody. Like yeah. there's and here's the thing I I just really don't understand, right? So from what Gail says, Gail says this was a really great idea, Jen. Okay, so it makes it sound like it's Jen's idea. I don't understand. I understand picking Andy and Joey to be there. Why Abby? Like we know why from like a narrative standpoint and from a standpoint of like let's make it dramatic, let's make it fun. She always spices things up. But why would Jen invite Abby to this knowing the crowd that's going to be there because Jen has been there for six months or so and she hasn't met a single other person (gasps) oh so this is like a pity pick like she just has nobody else I have nobody else this is she knows nobody else in the entire creek I so guess she, so. It I just don't seems know. like such a bad idea just it's such a bad idea it's such a bad idea um so Gail Brings them all in and she's really excited. And then we get like some good classic Joey side eye to Jen. Yeah. As um, always. So our first like P 
peek at like what the setup is. Everyone's really stiff. Like Gail's standing up, like holding the microphone, like she's like reporting some like tragic scene behind her. It's very, very stiff. So she's asking questions like, what do you think is the most pressing issue facing teenagers today? Nobody's answering the questions. Mm-hmm. And Gail has to pull genocide and it's like, this is not working. Like, we've been going at this for like hours and it's literally going nowhere. Like, what do you think is the issue? Yeah. And so they decide that like they need to, they basically need to bond and that's going to help get better answers out of them. And so basically, I love Gail. So Gail has a teenage son. Like, it's not like she doesn't have children. But I appreciate that her trick for getting everybody to, like, stay and bond is that she has snacks. Like, they're, like, five years old. Yeah. Like, I feel like snacks shouldn't be the thing that works with this crowd. Ultimately, it does. Um, But I feel like I feel like everybody but Abby would have stayed just to be polite. But Abby is the one who needs, like. Although maybe Abby probably would stay regardless because she has a boring house at her, you know, a boring home life. Oh, yeah. Very boring. So, um, gosh. So, yeah, they they get they get snacks. Snacks. <laughs> I don't know. Abby. I mean, Andy has popcorn. Like, I don't know. I, I don't really think that junk food's that exciting. Like, not for a teenager, I don't think. Like, I feel like this would work if you're, like, a 10-year-old and, like, your house doesn't have the good snacks. Like, your house doesn't have the Dunkaroos and Gushers. Pizza rolls. Yes. Pizza bagels. All the above. Yep, 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 yep. So, the girls are in the kitchen and Abby's bored. Like, she's like, I'm bored throughout this entire episode. She's very bored. So she wants to go to Dawson's room and Snoop. So they all go up. And this is like probably my favorite scene of the episode. Oh, 1000%. This is like, and this, see, a lot of times I feel like we could definitely say Dawson's Creek is completely unrealistic. This was the most realistic thing I've ever seen on the show. Because yeah. you know, it doesn't matter. Like, even if Joey has seen Dawson's room a million times, like, if you're in a house if you're in the house of a schoolmate and they're not home the first thing you want to do is go snoop through their stuff yeah but also joey's really against snooping so oh yeah miss joey potter of the don't read my diary fame immediately is like on board with snooping it takes her no no convincing at all to get joey in that room snooping yeah, I know. So they're looking around. Um, Abby's in the closet looking for the good stuff. Um, Jen and Joey lock Abby in the closet. <laughs> yeah, that felt very much of like teen uh, comedy movie moment. Like where yeah. they like, I don't know if they just look at each other and know like this is the moment. Let's lock her in the closet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So meanwhile, Andy finds a copy of Goodwill Humping behind Dawson's copy of Jaws. I love it. And there is a just a mix of excitement and discussion. Discussion. Disgust. Oh my god. (laughs) This is like um dramatize. Oh no. And the the funny thing is, is that I wrote disgust. But you and, said disgusting. <laughs> and I said disgusting. Whatever. I like it. Um, so the girls are decided to put the porn on and watch it together. And I love their different reactions. We get like the prudes to the right. Yeah. Um, with Andy and Joey. And then we get like 
Abby in like just excited wonderment and yeah. like Jen in like a oh like ooh like yeah a, like a queasy like ooh like really like covering her mouth a little bit but yeah. like I like that they all had different reactions yeah I um, love um I love uh Abby being like you guys know like where this movie starts is where Dawson finished and it wasn't Andy who was like where he finished and then they all have these different um like euphemisms for yeah. masturbation so like yeah. shaking hands with the unemployed boxing the bald-headed bishop I think was my favorite <sighs> and testing the missile Testing the missile. So walking the dog is the one that we talked about from the very, very, very yeah. first episode. But now right. we have so many other euphemisms we can use. Put in the books. <laughs> we had a book, didn't we? The books. <laughs> the books. Which which would you which one is your favorite out of these these three? Shaking hands with the unemployed, boxing the bald headed bishop, or testing the missile? Uh I'm I'll go with boxing the Bald-headed bishop. I f- I like the alliteration there. I agree. Yeah, lots of b-, b-, b b sounds. Yeah. Um. So then Abby, you know, she gets a little like a little testy. She basically says that Jen in a few years is going to become a prostitute. Well, not prostitute, but like a porn star. Yeah. Um. And then Joey laughs, and then Jen's like pissed that Joey laughs. So then Gail comes in and breaks it up and Andy, like, of course, she's the one to stand up quick and like turn it off and like try to cover it up. But We're Abby, human anatomy, technically Andy, true. Andy, no one is going to believe that. And I thought it was hilarious how Abby immediately was just like, it was porno. <laughs> I hate tattletales more than anything in my life. No, that's fair. Like, I feel like you have to be like, if Abby, if you want to get along with these girls, which I guess she certainly doesn't, but if you're trying to get along with them, just go with it. Be a go with girl. Yeah, be a go with. So then Gail's like, let's just like leave Dawson's room, please. And then my favorite is Mrs. Leary, you have to face the music. Your son is a pervert. <laughs> Um, and okay. the way she says the word pervert. Pervert. So- pervert. Like, what would you say? Like, because this is, only think about this. Gail doesn't say anything, right? I think that's like the end of that scene. Because then we get yeah. to the Joey Jen stuff. She doesn't care. But, but here's the thing. What do you even, if you're Gail and some teenage girl says that about your son, like, what even do you respond with? I would say that, excuse me, Abby, you've been on you porn too, so I don't want to hear it. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like, yeah, I feel like Gail is, like, Gail knows, like, first of all, parents know. Second of yeah. all, like, there's no way she hasn't, like, either walked in on him or just, like, heard it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, come on. Oh. Why do you think Dawson takes, like, four showers a day? Like, yeah. something is going on. Yeah, something. Uh, so then we get this like discussion between Jen and Joey and basically it is like I don't understand what your problem is because now that Dawson's out of the way you're still a bitch to me so what's your deal I wish we had kept a tracker on how many times Joey and Jen have the same conversation about why they're not friends. Literally, so this true. has to be like the 20th time. It's like every other episode, and it's always the same situation. It is always Jen approaching Joey, being like, why mm-hmm. can't we be friends? And Joey being like, ugh, Jenny, hate you. And it's yeah. always the same exact thing. And basically, yeah. it's like, Jen says, and this is, it. 
Jen, just face the music. You're not going to be friends with Joey. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. You know how many other people there are in Dawson's Creek? A shit ton. Go fucking find a different friend. Like, yeah. I want to shake her and be like, do you not understand? Because she's like, I don't get it. We can't be friends because I was with Dawson, but that doesn't hold up anymore. Neither one of us are with Dawson anymore. Yeah. So all Joey has to say is like, you're so disingenuous. And Jen's like, what? She's like, Look, you want a relationship to change, Jen? Then stop encroaching on what's mine. I mean, you systematically continue to recast yourself in my role. I mean, every time I turn around, I'm being replaced by you in some form. And then you feign shock, surprise, um, when I resent you for it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, like Basically, Joey just feels like Jen came into her town and took all the things that were hers. And I just feel like this is Joey just like pissing all over Dawson's house. Like my territory, my territory, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. First you were Dawson's girlfriend. Now you're his producer, his collaborator, his best friend. I mean, you've adopted his interests and dreams. Now his mother. I mean, what's next? Um, So basically like the whole thing or a big part of this is that Joey is really not happy that Jen has been like working with Gail because like oh yeah oh yeah Gail is like you know Joey doesn't have a mom and like Gail's been a mother figure for all this time so like the thought that like she's taking Gail away too I think like really sends Joey over the edge oh 100 percent. like I feel like she like it's exactly what Joey says right like it started off as just Dawson And then it encroached in, okay, now you're Dawson's girlfriend and his producer and his best friend. And now you're taking Gail. Like, it's it's all too much for Joey to handle. And Jen's not wrong when she calls Joey insecure. Joey is certainly insecure. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, I wish that – here's the thing. I think they both can be right and both be wrong at the same time. Like, I wish Jen would stop trying to force this friendship to happen because it's so obviously not going to happen. And I wish Joey would just kind of, like, get over some of those insecurities. Um, yeah. She's moved on anyway. She's hanging out with Jack all the time. Like, why does it that you, like, neither one of you are fucking dating Dawson right now. Like, why does it matter? I, I don't know. I think it's just, like, I mean, we learn later on what her problem is. But um, it's just, like, she doesn't, like to feel threatened that things that she has is going to get taken away because so much in her life has been taken away already. Mm -hmm. So she accuses Jen of still wanting Dawson and wanting him back. And it is icy. So then the girls are getting interviewed again. And Abby's monopolizing this conversation. (laughs) I do think that she's making some good points, but like nobody else can get a word in. So ultimately, like then she's like bitching about like how she can't speak her mind anymore about hurting people's feelings without hurting people's feelings. So this is the general like Facebook talk from a conservative. Like, I can't say anything that I want like anymore. Oh, yeah. It, this is like, like without Abby, hurting people's feelings. Like she's like, I'm done being the PC police. Like I, if I want to make a joke about somebody's like a cancer joke, like I want to do that. If I want to make a joke about like someone being crazy, I want to do that or make a joke about being whole bags. I want to do that. But like, you know, but that's it's like obviously Joey, Andy and right. Jen. 
Right. Because she, like, she does, like you said, she has good points. Like, she says, oh, well, girls are insecure and society capitalizes on that. Like, absolutely, that's correct. Mm -hmm. But she makes it so much worse because she tears down everybody around her to make herself feel better. Or later we learn because she's fucking bored, which is the worst fucking excuse I've ever heard in my life. But Gail reads the room. And I think she can tell with Abby here, first of all, no one can get a word in. Second of all, nobody's going to open up because they just feel like they're letting their they're burying their sel- themselves. Right. Like they're just like letting out all their insecurities and being very vulnerable. And Abby is going to take that vulnerability and use it against them. So yeah. she basically asks Abby to leave um, and we get the line from Abby. What kind of journalist are you? Oh, right. The trashy one who sleeps around. It's like sick Lakers. burns says how do you know how does she know i mean everybody knows it's it's the creek i guess so so now we have this conversation without abby and it's a lot right. more intimate like they're all like sitting together really close like mm-hmm. the fireplace is there's on. like mood lighting mood lighting <laughs> they're not gonna like, get very good lighting for their shots i don't think because no, it's so no. fucking dark no, maybe because they decided that they would rather keep it anonymous. So they're like, we're just going to block it out their faces. Yeah, it's going to be like, women are women are uh, defensive because. Yeah. And it's like that super yeah. low voice. Yeah. yeah. Are you not able to edit that in post? Oh, I don't know how to do that. Oh, I'm, okay. I can try to make myself sound like one of those anonymous people. In yeah, videos. I'm trying to make it yourself sound like an. Hi, my name is. I just. <laughs> Uh, you know, I feel a need to be perfect, you know, whatever. <laughs> See if you can fix that. Um, okay. So Andy's talking about her need to be perfect in that, like, you know, whether it be like the way that she looks or the way that she acts or her grades, like she needs to be perfect. Cause it's, you know, how she feels like she controls herself like right. in her surroundings because her life is so out of control. We get Jen with her boring ass storyline. I'm just a girl from New York. I came to Cape Side and now I'm the hoe from New York. Like, I don't care anymore, Jen. No, we've heard if she says I'm from New York one more time, I swear. It's like every episode that she brings up New York. Um, if I find out that fucking Jen is from Staten Island, I'm going to drown myself. <laughs> It's like, it's going to be like, wait a minute, you're not even from Manhattan. You're from a different borough in Staten Island. I feel like she's brought up Manhattan before now. She's probably from like freaking Long Island. Well, maybe. I don't know. Um, I would die. Uh, so yeah, and then Joey kind of goes over, you know, my defenses go up when someone comes in and is great at things. I feel like someone is going to steal that measly bit of self I, I have and I feel threatened. So I go for the jugular. I mean, this tracks. We kind of already knew this about all three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting to see that they're willing to open up about those things in front of one another and Gail. Yeah, um, I, th- I thought that um, I think that like joey's like the most interesting because i haven't heard her like articulate it before like i've heard yeah like like i've heard that from jen a million times i've heard it from andy but like i think it's interesting that like joey actually does have that like self 
conscious knowledge about like herself. the self-realization yeah yeah because yeah, i mean we've always spotted it right like we knew that all of the, the all this anger and animosity towards jen has always been out of insecurity and i think it just it puts a finer point on it knowing that she feels this way because she feels like she doesn't have a ton in her life and so what she does have she protects very fiercely um and really doesn't like when someone basically encroaches on her territory um and we get this really nice scene between between gail and joey um gail basically says you know like when you were talking i felt sorry for myself i've always wanted a daughter but i realize you know i have you and you know you've always been like a daughter to me and she says like she's so proud of the woman joey has become and they hug and it was just like i feel like they both really needed that in that moment Mm -hmm. um like they just both needed each other i don't know it's like such a small scene but i think it makes sense like Joey has always been in the Leary household, like, since she was a kid, right? Like, I have a feeling that Gail and Mitch, to an extent, were there for her in a huge way when her mom passed away. And so I feel like it makes sense to have this, and it's actually one of those things where it's like, to me, it feels like a long time coming to have this kind of moment between Gail and Joey. We're a season and a half into the show, um, and I feel like it makes sense to, to have this moment between them. I think so, too. And I think it's something that Joey needs to hear as well, because mm-hmm. not only is she feeling insecure about, you know, Jen taking her place as like a surrogate daughter, which is really upsetting right. to her, but she needs to hear that somebody is proud of her and sees her as a daughter because she's missing that in her life. Right. Um. Exactly. Yeah. I, I love this moment. I hope we see a little bit more of it. Like this is the kind of role that I'd like Gail to play. Like I yeah. I didn't mind Gail in this episode. Me too. Because the Gail and the Mitch stuff, it wasn't about their drama together. Right. Like yeah. they were talking individually to the teenagers. And I, I, I appreciate that a little bit more. I agree. I agree. Um. So Andy's leaving the house. She sees Abby sitting outside. Uh, Abby is waiting for her mom. She thought she was spending the night. So apparently she spent. I didn't even know this was a sleepover. But she spent all It wasn't outside. supposed to be, but, like, this went on forever. These people started talking earlier than they could have, like, you know, they could have left sooner. But yeah. I feel kind of bad that Abby was sitting outside. Like, she found this, like, raggedy blanket to, like, cozy up to. And she's I feel like this is like, her own fault. Like, she should have called her mom to bring her home. Well, I know. But she just like, didn't want to, like, admit, admit like, defeat or got, something. Yeah, yeah. I felt a little bad. So, um, you know, Abby's like, well, what do you care? And she's like, well, I don't care. Abby, um, Andy says. And um, Andy was like, what do you expect? I mean, your favorite pastime is making my life a living hell. She's not wrong. (laughs) And then Abby has such like a weird perspective on what she does and who she is. It's twisted. I felt like this was pretty wild. So Abby's convinced that that is not what she does on a day-to-day basis. So she says, I play such a crucial role in this little circle, and you guys are just too unimaginative to notice. I'm the girl that everybody loves to hate. I'm the scapegoat. I'm the one that you could take all of your anger and aggression on and never lose a moment sleepover. And Andy's like, you have, like, such a warped, like, perspective on reality yes which is like yes because it's true yeah because abby is so mean to everybody she completely trashes everybody even people that have shown her like you know respect and been very nice to her like jen she finds a way to like turn them against her exactly Um, and abby like this is again this is where it's like let's call bullshit right let's call a spade a spade 
Abby is like, oh, being sweet is boring. I don't have cool lives like you guys do. My parents' divorce is boring. My house is boring. There's no intrigue. So I create the drama. I think it's a valid extracurricular activity. Like, (sighs) this is wild. It's truly wild. Like, and this is, I love Andy's pushback against this. She's like, I would love to have a boring life. There's nothing more that I want in my life than for it to be boring. Like all of this hardship is what you're calling interesting and intrigue. Like pretty much Abby is just taking someone who already has a difficult life and making their life worse because she's bored. Like it's completely ridiculous. I'm so happy Andy calls it out. Yeah. Like that's one of the great things about Andy is that she really doesn't, she does like to call out bullshit like Mm -hmm. I love that about Andy like she doesn't let things slide if she sees an injustice yeah um it's such it's so weird because like you know you always hear that like people think that they're the hero of their own story yeah oh yeah and to see Abby being like you know I do you guys favors like is like I bring you guys together like that's my role in this in this part yeah. In this group. It's like, it's wild. Like, I don't know if she's just like bullshitting or if she's just like so like disillusioned. Or oh, like- I saw this as complete honesty from, from Abby. Like, I feel like her reaction was very genuine and she just has a very sick and warped sense of the world around her. And like, I mean, not for nothing, but divorce is traumatic. So it's not like, you know, you have the picture. Yeah. It was almost, it was like, it's like, you know. If she had the perfect life, like a picture perfect, like what is that satellite family where like the couple is like together and everybody's happy, like maybe right. that's boring. But what, like divorce and that trauma wasn't enough for you, Abby? Like what are you talking about, girl? Yeah. No, it, it doesn't. It, it really is. And then it's so weird because like. <laughs> they're uh, like Abby is like turns around she's like oh do you need a ride because Abby's mom like finally arrives and then Andy's like yeah okay thanks Abby and it's like what <laughs> I know so fuck? like what like it, like I was thinking like what like is this like are they cool now like just because they're like haha like we both agree the grass is always greener on the other side like are we cool now like I wouldn't if I was I mean if I was Andy, I would like never get into a car with Abby. No, I, I no. never want to owe Abby Morgan a, a favor. favor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and we get one last scene between Joey and Jen. Um, apparently, they've both been thinking after they had, you know, that like whatever kumbaya moment uh, during the reporter uh, situ- or the reporting situation. Um, and Joey says, like, you know, it sucks that the people I respect most are the people I'm competitive with. Um, and she she's trying to apologize. And Jen, you know, agrees they've been in a stalemate for too long. There's room in Dawson's life for her without replacing Joey. Um, and they kind of like say they respect each other. So they're not committing to like a lifelong friendship. They're not braiding each other's hair. They're not doing each other's nails. But they're agreeing that they don't need to have animosity. At least is how I was reading it. Um, yes, I think that ultimately is that like they agree that they respect each other so um yeah and and at the very least at the very bare minimum that's what these girls need from each other is to right. respect one another now how long will this last <laughs> how many episodes until are the you... next episode they're gonna jen's gonna come back and be like why are we not friends okay so one episode this lasts before the stalemate every is other so in by episode 14 we'll be like why are you not friends with me <laughs> why are you looking at me why are you giving me death stares yes. like please no more side eye now are you seeing an 
Abby Andy friendship in the future? Or you do you just think Ooh, she needed a ride home? I don't know. That gives me like the heebie jeebies. But yeah. like that was like I'm like, that's the you know, the the feeling I got. And once again, like I feel like Andy would try to make and save anybody that she could, like make friends with and try to save. She's just a good person. Yeah. yeah. So like she's way too trusting. She's way too naive. And like I think that she thinks that she can like you know how Jen was like, hey, like, welcome to Teenager Boot Camp with yeah. Dawson. She's like, hey, like, welcome to, like, Nice Girl Boot Camp. Oh, like, no. With Andy. <laughs> like, I'll teach you how to be a nice girl. Yeah. Oh, we'll um, see. We'll see. Yeah. I don't trust Abby. Like, I love Abby, once again, as a te- as a character, but I don't trust her. She brings her. the intrigue, like And she I says. don't want my baby girl, Andy, messing with Abby Morgan. It's too dangerous. Yeah. Play with fire. You're bound to get burned. Um, so that was XOXO the girl's- Gossip Girl. <laughs> or it was, was like the- signed A. Oh, like, signed that was very A. Om- signed very A. ominous. Yeah. Um, so we we met uh, we uh, talked about the girls. Let's talk about the fishing trip. Yeah. The boys fishing sh- uh, trip, a.k.a. the seamen. <laughs> seamen. Yeah, the seamen are back together. Oh, I can't. Um, so, uh, everybody's getting, uh, arriving and getting on the boat. And of course, um, <laughs> Pacey forgot to mention to Dawson that he invited Jack. And I, I mean, it makes sense. He, you know, he wants to reach out to Jack. I, I feel like Andy is constantly like, Jack, make friends, go play with Pacey, go play with Pacey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Schedule a play date with Pacey. But I mean, honestly, like ideally, In Andy's mind, if her boyfriend and her brother are good friends, then that's only good for Andy. You know what I mean? I totally get why she asked him. And I totally agree that like Pacey should have invited him. Like it made sense. But I like I get Dawson's frustration, but it's not that big of a deal. What more were you going to do like to mentally fucking prepare yourself for Jack being on the boat? Just go to the fucking other end of the boat, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice boat. It's a nice boat. So it's really, really awkward. Um, Jack is the only one that has a life jacket. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so funny to me. He's because like, he like doesn't he obviously very obviously like doesn't know how to do any of this. I know. Yeah, exactly. So like he comes out and he's like struggling with like putting the fishing pole on the back of the boat. And he like makes a joke. He's like, you know, like, um, you know, they don't call me Ishmael and. Dawson doesn't laugh and he's like, you know, you get it. It's like a Moby Dick joke. Do you get it? And he's like, Dawson's like, yeah, I would like read it. Yeah. But he won't give Jack like the satisfaction. No, Dawson is making it 10 times more awkward than it has to be. And he is yeah. obviously doing it on purpose because he's just like, oh, I can't believe you'd leave your or I'm amazed at your confidence. I can't believe you'd leave your girlfriend home alone for a weekend. Some new guy's going to come in and steal her. And it's just like. I love Jack's response here. Like, we're not the biggest Jack fans in the world. Um, mm-hmm. Again, like, I feel like he gets a very dopey edit, for lack of a better term. Like, he's, right. just, he's always a dope. Um, but I did appreciate him, like, sticking up for Joey and being like, excuse you, but, like, Joey's not going to get herself stolen. Like, she's way yeah. too smart for you to be using that term about her. And I appreciate well, you that. Even, you don't even know her. How do you know? It's like, well, actually, like, that is a great point with Joey. And, hmm if you know Joey, like, you know that she has her own mind. So um, my favorite parts with Jack is when he's like, 
up against Dawson. Same, same. I appreciate Jack in these moments because, like, I completely agree with him. Joey's not property. She does not get stolen. She chooses what she does and does not do. And Mm -hmm. I completely agree. I think that Jack is the most intriguing when he's in a fight with Dawson. (laughs) Me too. Yeah, Jack in that moment says, like, you just have to admit that Joey and I have something and, um, you know, you have to respect me because, you know, you respect Joey. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. that's a solid point. That's definitely a solid and point from Jack. Jack offered his sandwich to Dawson. He's, He's very kind. A nice. A nice He's guy. Very kind. Hey, you hungry? Here's my sup. And Dawson's like, I don't, <laughs> Dawson's like, I don't want it. I don't want your stupid sub. I don't know why you saying, hey, you hungry? You want some of my sub? Just <laughs> me. Dawson's like, I don't want it. You want like, some of my tuna sandwich? Yeah, he's like, your food's no good here. And it's like, what do you mean? I got it at the Crab Shack. Like, yeah. What do you want from me? It's fresh. It's fresh. Um, fresh and then we, fish. we get Ew, it's in. Like, it's probably like. Sorry, uh, never mind. <laughs> uh, wait, hold on. But also, don't you like? I mean, when um, PC's dad was like assigning the jobs, Ugh. I thought it was so funny that he called like Jack, like Jackie Onassis. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh no! Wait a minute, You're Jackie O. Yeah, why would he do that? That's not nice. I, he's calling her him a girl. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that. I did not catch that line that when I watched yeah, it's like, it. Like, hey, Jackie Onassis, you and I can do this fishy thing. He's such thing. a dick. He's such a dick. He you first of mi- all, yeah, yeah. Pacey's dad is the epitome of fucking toxic masculinity. He's mm-hmm. like barking out orders at everybody. He doesn't give Pacey anything to do. And here's yeah. the thing: he treats mm-hmm. all these other people on this boat like they're like his first mate or whatever. His and he semen. gives Pacey the sh- his semen, yes. And he gives Pacey like this the grunt work or the shit work. And it's yeah. like Pacey is the most knowledgeable about boats of all the fucking people on your boat, <laughs> Mister Witter. You're an idiot. Dawson's like, hey, like I do know boats. I made like a Lego. Of a pirate ship the other day. He's like, I've seen Jaws. I know everything about boats. <laughs> Mitch is like, I made like a clay, um, like <laughs> a clay model of a boat. He's like, Well, boats. I'm trying to open a restaurant that's boat themed. So yeah, and Jack is like, Hey, like, by the way, I work at the Ice House, so I've caught lobsters. <laughs> I know about lobsters. I know about lobsters. Just in tanks, not in real life. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, like, it's – and PC, like, fights back against it. And he's like, a lot of things in this life suck. It's my job to prepare you for that inevitability. It's like, don't make his life actively suck, though. Like, yeah, life sucks at certain points. Your job is to, like, raise your child to be prepared for the suck, Mm -hmm. not create the suck. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard-to-recycle plastic into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. 
So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in the back of the scene, we just have like Dawson glaring at Jack the entire time. <laughs> I just love it. I love when Dawson is like angry with somebody because the faces he makes are just precious. I don't want your sandwich. I don't want your stupid sub sandwich, Jack. He's like, wait a minute. I just got this on Subway. It's really good. Please (laughs) share with me. I don't like tuna. Um, (laughs) I heard that Subway doesn't even serve tuna. (laughs) It's fake tuna, Jack. Uh, It's not even real bread. Um, It's like you live in the Cape now. Like you... You better get fresh fish. Uh, Yeah, so this is when Dawson basically threatens Jack, and he's like, things aren't over between me and Joey. And it's like, ooh, big bad Dawson. (laughs) Mr. Steal your girl. Yeah, whatevs, whatevs. We got Pacey is doing something, and Jack catches a fish. But, like... It's so chaotic. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know what's happening. Basically, like, they lose the fish. Like, a fish gets on the line, and they lose it, and Mr. Witter instantly blames Pacey. Yeah. Have you ever caught a fish? Of course. What do you mean, of course? Like, that's a big deal. What fish? Well, basically, when I was a kid, we used to go fishing all the time, because camping was, like, our vacations uh, when I was a kid. So we always went fishing. Usually, like, I mean, I've caught a bunch of stuff, but a lot of times, like, bass is what we were trying to catch. Um, Uh But I've caught, like, sunnies, you know, pickerel, I mean, all kinds of fish. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I caught caught a fish (laughs) at Jewish sleepaway camp. I um, almost, I was about to take a sip of water and I'm glad I didn't because the way that you just said, I caught a fish at Jewish sleepaway camp. Yeah, I caught a, but like I then like freaked out and then I, um, I like had to yell for the, like, uh, the, um, the fisher. Like you didn't know what counselor. to do with it. Yeah, once I didn't you know what to do. It. So the counselor had to let it go. And then I caught a fish later on and then I did the same thing. And then the counselor said that if I wasn't prepared to catch the fish, then, um, um, I can't catch fish anymore. What a dick. I know. Well, he was Australian, so it was okay. Um, our friend. <laughs> <laughs> Our friend Soul Meets Lens wrote mm-hmm. in and they said that they caught a baby shark when they were in middle school. We let him go. Can yeah, you believe I mean, it? Why would you? I don't think you'd want to keep a baby shark. That's for sure. I wonder um, how big it was. Yeah, I I don't know. Like that's pretty cool. So that's our pretty friend, cool. our friend Jennifer, um, wrote in and write and said that she never caught fish, but she would like to. <laughs> I feel like I see. I would have put money on like like eighty percent of people in the world have caught a fish at some point in their life. Yeah, if I can catch a fish, anybody can catch a fish. I but that. also, I was like eleven years old when I caught that fish, and I haven't done it since then. To be honest, so I will say that when I was a kid, I used to love fishing, and I, I don't anymore. Um, mm-hmm. One reason is because it's boring and it takes a long time, and I can't be quiet. Um, and the other reason is because I feel bad that I'm like hurting the fish just for yeah. like sport and fun. Um, right. But you know what? If people like to fish, keep on fishing. Do your thing. Do um, you do you boo boo. As you long as your you're fish. not an asshole like Mr. Witter. Um, I hate this line that he says, when I speak, you listen. Like, 
I just I want to punch him. He's a punchable face. I okay, so what happened? Face. What happened? So like, there is um a not this pole was not the new pole. It's he bullshit. puts the new pole yes. in a different location. Yes, and he put the pole on the side of the boat instead of on the front of the boat, and apparently that caused them to lose a fucking fish. Okay, so like, then why do you bring an old pole that can't catch a fish exactly. to the boating trip? Like, just get two new poles if Here's one doesn't thing. work. The line breaks sometimes. Like, it just happens. So, like, that's, I feel like that's probably what happened is that the line broke because that's, it seemed like that's what happened. You, a new pole is not going to do shit about that. It just happens right. sometimes. Right. So, he's just blaming it on him because it's, he has someone to blame it on. Right. So, like, his dad's, like, really getting on his case. And then Dawson comes up to him and then gets on his case about inviting Jack and not telling Dawson beforehand. And Pacey's like, I'm sorry. Like, I should have told you. But, like, Andy's been, like, really nagging me about it, about including Jack. And, like, he doesn't know anyone in town. And his mom just keeps getting worse. And I just, like, you know, feel bad for him. And Dawson's like, okay, like, that's understandable. But, like, how can you forget to tell me? It's like... a big whiny fucking baby yeah like right he like especially i feel like after pacey explains the situation that should be it dawson should drop yeah. it but he yeah. doesn't and this is my sassy saying of the week is mm. is pacey's wonderful lineup screw you dawson not everyone gets wonderkind attached to their name some of us try to make it through the day without hurting something um yeah love this screw you yeah. dawson <laughs> screw you dawson some of us are just simple-minded folks trying to make it through the day without break. What is he breaking? The line? The one the one time he broke something in his life, the fishing line. Like, what? And technically, Jack broke the fishing line. And Jack breaks stuff all the time. Yeah, Jack constantly breaks stuff. <laughs> yeah. So day one of the fishing trip is over. I thought that they were going to, like, stay out in the boat. But no, they, like, come back, which, like, doesn't seem very fair. I think that it's just... It- I don't understand what's going on here because to me, if they're porting, maybe they're like docking somewhere that's not local. But why wouldn't they just go home and sleep in their beds? I really don't understand. They go to a bar and like we see it's important that we establish that Pacey's really good at darts like from the first scene because now it's like Mitch and Mr. Witter, John, I think you said his name was, they're playing darts. Um, Dawson yells at Pacey because he's like, oh, what, you know, what's wrong? What's wrong? Blah, 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 blah. Um, and Pacey's like, I don't think you understand. Like, you have a great relationship with your dad. Like, yeah. I, you, you just don't understand, like, what it's like to have a dad who doesn't constantly praise you. Right, yeah. And, like, I mean, throughout this episode, we have, like, Dawson kind of, like, getting on Mitch's case about... Um, not being responsible or getting a new job or like trying to figure out his life. And like he's saying that like, you know, my dad's having a midlife midlife crisis. And like next thing I know, he's going to like want to make a like a fishing themed restaurant or something. And it's like Pacey's like and like um, and ultimately like Dawson's like, if you're mad at your dad, you should just say something. Or if you're mad at me, you should just say something. And it's like, well, yeah, like I can't talk to my dad like you can talk to my dad. Um, like you can talk to your dad. Yeah. Um, I can't tell him that like he's being unfair to me. Um, so and then this is when Jack chimes in and says that, you know, you don't get it, Dawson. Like Mr. Witter has you on like such a pedestal. And it's like an icon that Pacey can't possibly live up to. Yeah. And Jack is spot on. Jack is absolutely spot on. Um, And 
And I think that this is maybe when it sinks in to Dawson that like, mm-hmm. I feel like it takes, it takes far too long in my opinion. Like, first of all, he should believe Pacey from the get go, but like noticing some of the stuff on the boat, I feel like Dawson again was so self-absorbed with him and his problem with Jack that he wasn't even noticing the tension between Pacey's dad and Pacey. So it's yeah. like, it takes this moment And even then, we get this scene with Dawson and Mitch where Dawson is just like, oh, shouldn't you be looking for employment or establishing a game plan? Like, why are you here? And it's like, he's taking this trip, like, not for nothing, Dawson, but I'm going to assume the reason Mitch agreed to this father-son trip was to bond with you. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're being a complete dick to the poor guy. Like, yeah. And here's the thing, Dawson, you have his fucking genetics. You're just as much of a dreamer as he is. Yeah. So it's like, you're going to be in the same position. (laughs) right yeah so he's like mitch like even apologizes for like you know i'm sorry that you don't respect me and i'm sorry that i'm like a disappointment for you that was very sad for me i know and he's like you know what like i'm just trying to do the best i can and i'm just trying to find something that like my heart is in and i'm passionate about and i'm not going to keep looking until i find that thing that i'm like excited about Mm -hmm. um and then we get uh, which I think is like, you know, I think it's fair. Like, I think that like Mitch is very much like Dawson, where it's like he just wants to find something that excites him. Right. Like, he's not going to settle for some like office job that like means nothing to him. Yeah. Like, he wants more. Yeah. So, I could totally see like, yeah. I could see his point. Uh, I could yeah. see uh, Mitch's point. Like, here's the thing. In my opinion, like, that's not Dawson's concern. As long as his dad is safe and healthy and has enough money to get by, why are you asking him these things, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I feel like at a certain point, you could still pursue a dream and be making money in other ways. But as long as he has enough money to get by, then Dawson, like, get off the guy's fucking case. Especially if it's like a fishing trip with you. What money is right. he really spending? You know, I know. Like, what like interviews can he go on on a Saturday and a Sunday? Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> um. So we're back to the bar, and John, um, Mister Witter, asked to play against Pacey in darts, and he's like drunk, very drunk. Um, he's like, I know I'm being hard on you, but it's my job to protect you, like blah, blah, blah. So we get this matchup. Pacey could totally win, but he throws it yeah. because he's afraid of what will happen if he loses against his dad. Um, and he it gets to a point where it's like, you know, the last dart to be thrown and Pacey like purposely like throws the match mm-hmm. because like his dad is staring so intensely at Pacey and it's um like it's it's definitely giving me vibes that it's not safe at home for Pacey yeah I would say like I hate to put like a label on it but I would say like definitely like at least like emotional abuse there at least and honestly I think it's I think it's more than yeah. that like, especially the stare the sl- alone the stare is like very angry and there is like a like a pat on the back that was a little too forceful too hard. yeah um, and it, you can see it in Pacey's eyes like Pacey can win but he doesn't want to deal with the wrath of his father if he yeah. does win so it's easier yeah. for him to throw off give in to the vision that his dad has of him of being a fucking screw up like now I feel yeah. like to me this 
this episode and getting this this uh, picture of his father and his relationship with his father, it totally explains Pacey as a character. Like, we mm-hmm. understand why he doesn't try in school because he feels like he can't ever, like, his he lives up to the same expectation his, his dad has for him, right? Like, he why bother even trying? He's only ever going to see me as a screw-up. Why even yeah. bother with anything? Yeah, totally. Um, interesting fact that Pacey's throwing with his left hand. I thought that was impressive. So I think that he's like a lefty. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> then we have Jack and Jack's sleeping. On- Jack is sleeping on the decks in his sleeping bag. He's like, oh, I'm sick. I ca- I'm seasick. I've been seasick all day. Jack, go lay on the fucking dock, not on the <laughs> boat. It's going to move less, you moron. I can't. Oh, my God. He's so funny. Guy. So he's like. Yeah, he's like, but then he's like, hi, Dawson. Like, how you doing? And Dawson's like, I've had enough drama for today. He's like, no, like, I come in peace. Here's my white flag. Um, And Jack's like, you know, I haven't had like a father-son outing in such a long time. And Dawson's like, well, where is your dad? Um, Which is like, do you, did you earn the right to ask such a personal question, Dawson? I know. He makes it 20 times worse, though, because Jack's like, oh, he's not here. He left us. Dawson has the audacity to say, I know how that feels. Bitch, your father <laughs> is literally on this trip with you. Mm-hmm. He lives five minutes from mm-hmm. you he didn't bail on your family in a time of need you know mm-hmm. what i mean he's perfectly healthy and in his right state of mind like I, it's so infuriating to see everybody else's lives around dawson like falling apart and them going through turmoil and struggles and the literal only thing he's going through is oh my parents are getting a divorce but my parents still love me they're both healthy they're both fine Everything is, I have great relationships with both of them. Both of them, but yeah. woe is me, my dad left me. Like, how fucking dare you, Dawson? Yeah, and Mitch is, like, so desperate to just spend, like, any amount yes. of time with yes. him. Yeah, so Jack is, like, you know, your dad moved up the street. Like, my father's, like, gone, gone. Um, And, you know, at first, like, Dawson looks a little agitated, but he knows that Jack is right. Absolutely, and I think this is, again, like, how many times do we have to like punch Dawson in the face with like facts and truth and lots of times it's so many times it takes him to me the realization for Dawson should have happened like 20 minutes into the episode it took the full 40 minutes bro it took the full (laughs) fucking 40 minutes for him to get it a little dense he is a little dense. dense yeah so um this is a very very interesting scene um it's a, I think it's an important scene to establish um, where Pacey's at right now. Yeah. Um, so Pacey is, you know, supporting his dad as they walk on the beach. His dad is, like, very, very drunk. Um, and they, like, both fall in the sand. And, like, Pacey's like, okay, like, I think it's now time for, like, our good old father-son talk. And Pacey basically talks to himself and, like, asks about questions like um hey like how's school and pacey answers himself like i'm doing all right like things are really turning around like i've been getting like the support that i need Mm -hmm. and then he's like well what about like your love life like any special girls in your life he's like yeah like you know i found a girl and she's really special and like she thinks i'm special and this is this is so heartbreaking jessica this this monologue that uh pacey has right here yeah. um 
made me cry. It I really wasn't, did. Here's the thing. I don't blame you in this situation. I feel like this scene is truly heartbreaking to watch. Joshua Jackson is incredible. Phenomenal. Incredible. Perfect yeah. acting. Like from a teen actor and like just yeah. the range and just the emotional vulnerability. He he breaks down. He says, why can't yeah. you see me? When did you give up on me when I was five? Like it was your job to love me no matter who I am because you're my father. And it's so obvious that like he just doesn't get that love or respect from hardly anybody. And here's mm-hmm. the thing. It, it really brings me back to the episode where it's his birthday and nobody shows up for him. And it's just like mm-hmm. imagine – already having a shitty home life and this being your shitty home life and your best friend forgets your birthday like it really hits me even harder like thinking about that you know um yeah really really hard to watch this scene really really like puts I I don't know it really gives more of a greater perspective on Pacey as a character and really really rounds him out I mean I feel like we knew who he was already but it really just puts like it makes sense who he is yeah. and why he acts the way he does and why yeah. he was so hesitant to be with Andy because he's like, why am I special? He's never been told he's special before. Yeah. He said, um, and and the thing that's very hard, he says, I can't do this by myself as he cries. It's like, it's, it's so, it's so, it's so sad. This poor little gem. I was very mean to him last episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> I didn't you were mean, mean to it. him in the moment. I feel like he hit a specific like like needle point yeah. in you that just like yeah. gets under your skin. Yeah. But I, I, I totally get it. And I think like you see here, Pacey has all the best intentions in the world yeah. and he comes from like not a great place. So yeah. it's kind of yeah. a good thing that he it's it's amazing that he even turned out as great as he did given I think, his upbringing. I gotta be honest, like I really do think that Pacey is probably our most well rounded character at this point in the entire series, perhaps. Yeah. I think that they were here's the thing, I think when we started things out, Joey was like on a really steep rise and Pacey mm-hmm. was not. And mm-hmm. then like to me, Joey has very much plateaued in season two and Pacey yeah. is just on the rise. I, I I agree. Yeah. I really, really do. So um, back on the boat, next day, they caught a fish. Jack is unable to pull the stick. What why is, it? is it's a it's a fishing rod? Why is Jack? Why is everything Jack does like so pathetic? <laughs> I don't know. They just want to make him like this dope, and like it's they so do. weird because he's like so like like. You know, cerebral, but he's also a fucking moron. So and he's, he's a moron and a klutz. And it's just yeah. like, can we give him like something redeeming here? I know. I know. I hope that they, they really, I mean, we're halfway through season two. He has a lot of time. They have work to do on him, to, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. We got to, we got to get on that PR firm. Double, yeah. double. Let's go. Um, so Pacey's trying to coach him through it, but then he takes over and he ultimately catches the fish. They're like, this is a huge fish. Is it just me or this fish wasn't that big? I mean, it was a big fish. Like, I don't know what the competition is like. Like, I don't know how many people are fishing for this I don't thing. Wanna, I don't want to judge the size of people's fish, but like, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling this fish. I thought it wasn't well, girthy enough. I felt like it wasn't long enough. I think it's the length. Yeah, no, it's it wasn't length long and enough. weight. It's length and weight. Yeah, it looked like a skinny fish. It was this, certainly skinny. It could this use fish some was on Slim Fast. Yes, um, um, but so they then won the he, award. 
they won the award. My my favorite part is when he totally takes like his Tinder profile picture <laughs> with the fish. He's like, and it's like a snapshot. And he's like holding it up. It's mm-hmm. like, yep, this is going on the Tinder. So they win the award for the biggest small fish that they can find. <laughs> yes. Um, And, like, everyone's clapping for him. And, like, everyone's like, yeah, like, good job. You caught the big fish. Um, Dawson shakes Jack's hand. I guess they're cool now. Whatever. I I guess so. Again, how long is this going to last? Not very long, I'm sure. Pacey's on cloud nine. He's, Mm -hmm. like, reliving the moment with his dad. He's like, oh, my gosh, that was, like, awesome. Um, And, like, John gives him the trophy and is like, you know, you deserve this. Like, you won. Like, enjoy this moment. And then, of course, it's a great moment for Pacey. It's, like, so, like, so good. But he has to get that dig in there. Enjoy this moment because you're not going to have a lot of moments like this in your life. Like, what the fuck? Like, why did you have to say that? Like, why? You know, like, you could have just saved your breath and just left out that one sentence and his Pacey's whole entire day would have, like, his whole life. Like, you know, it, it, it's just so agitating. No, it is. It's, it's, you didn't have to cut him down in that moment. And yeah. that's what he did. And luckily, I mean, Dawson is standing right there and sees the whole thing. If not for this moment, who the fuck knows if Dawson gets the realization that things yeah. are the way they are. But yeah. he, at the very least, he approaches Pacey and he says, you know, I know it's not the same, but there are people in your life who respect your intelligence. You know, like him. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, you have a girlfriend at home, like dying to see you. You know, yeah. don't forget those things. It's a nice yeah. moment um, with, with Dawson and Pacey. I think he could have said more, and I certainly think he could have said it sooner. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Pacey does seem to be cheered up a little bit. Um, obviously, it's not the same. I mean, you only have, you know, two parents, and for the most people, right? I mean, if you have step-parents or whatever, but you don't have that many parents in your life. And I feel like it's kind of a maybe built into you um in some way or the other that you want to make your parents proud and yeah. i think it's tough for pc knowing that not only is he a disappointment to his father for reasons beyond his control but he has a brother who his father obviously idolizes so yeah. it's made that much worse and i really think the thing that i really love about this i mean this was a great episode especially the the girls report thing that was fun i think but this was really like the heart of yeah. the episode i um, agree I love that we take a stop, like we take a moment, we take a beat to back away from the Andy Pacey stuff and get into more of the family stuff. Because I think they could have easily done another episode with Pacey and Andy in whatever drama they're getting into, or maybe happy lovey-dovey in love. Um, but I really, really enjoyed yeah. that they, they stopped down and showed us more of Pacey here. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely agree. Um, I think that the fact that, like, even Pacey acknowledges, like, you know, I always set myself up. Like, I over and over and over again, I go to him for acknowledgement and trying yeah. to get, like, the good job, dude. Like, good job. Like, I'm proud of you, son. Like, and, like, you know, it's very, very hard to live your life going to the same bucket over and over again and it constantly yeah. being dry. And, you set yourself up to failure when you do that, but it's very hard, especially when it's a parent, when you go to them to seek acknowledgement or to, you know, get approval or to get like that simple, like, good job, I'm proud of you. 
And some parents just cannot give that to you. And I think it's like important. It's a one of the hardest life lessons to learn is that some people are just not capable of giving that. And it's not because yeah. of you, it's because of them. Um, so I really, really appreciated this moment. Once again, not like a life lesson and like a difficulty um, in life that I haven't really seen depicted in television that I feel like is very, very important and something that a lot of people can relate to. So Bravo, Dawson's Creek. You you might seem like just a simple teenage show, but you were so much more BB. It, it has layers. It has layers. I'm proud of you, Dawson's <laughs> Creek. You, you're. I'm proud of your talent and your intelligence. <laughs> and yes. good, good job, good job, son. Yeah. Um. And then we wrap up the episode with a, a little scene between Mitch and Dawson, and I think that this is when Dawson kind of realizes, like oh shit like I've been a complete dick to my dad who wants to spend time with me constantly loves me and says he's proud of me and so kind of Dawson tries to make things right here um Mitch is like I will I'm gonna keep trying to be the the best dad I can be and make you proud of me um and Dawson thanks Mitch for you know allowing him to make mistakes never making him feel inadequate and you know he's it's from him that he gets the dreaming you know the the dream big mentality of his his genetics um and yeah and they you know it's it's really nice moment Dawson says he's lucky to have Mitch as a father and they hug and then there's like this awkward moment where Mitch like almost goes into the house and then he doesn't I don't really know what to read into that like it's I feel like it could have I feel like the scene would have been just fine if they left it at that moment and then they add on the awkward moment and I'm just kind of like what you know what I mean like what do you think about that I think that their life almost felt normal for a second mm, okay. and he just forgot and it's something as sim- simple as like this is my house like this is where I've spent the last 15 years at least yeah. and this was my life with my son and I think it's a it's still hard for Mitch to reconcile that like his life has changed drastically in the last few months and like it doesn't look the same and um but yeah it was awkward and it's something that like Dawson definitely recognized and realized that he was doing because you can see in his face that he felt um he was like he forgot in that moment too that life yeah. wasn't normal um yeah. and it's hard it's hard i'm sure it's really hard for people of divorce to um to like adjust to that new life yeah 100 percent um great episode i think we yeah. both can agree that like obviously we we prefer the the man side of things the fishing trip but yeah. i think that there was some fun in in the in the girls section as well yeah um, um i think that this was something that we've been waiting for for a really really long time and mm-hmm. i just like really appreciate that um that we finally got to see pacey's dad um still very very curious what his mom is all about especially since he feels like he's completely alone in his family life yeah we've Um, been wondering we've been asking to see dawson or excuse me pacey's family for a long time so this was a long time coming um shall we get into some feedback yeah so um Tom Palmer wrote in, this episode absolutely wrecks me every single time. Pacey deserves so much better than his miserable father. 100% co-sign that. Yeah. Um, We got 
Soul Meets Dad, um, Soul Meets Dad, Soul Meets Lens, <laughs> Pacey's Dad sucks. Um, the hardest thing about being, oh, so I asked three questions this week. What do you think about our first impressions of Pacey's dad? Mm-hmm. Have you ever caught a fish? And what's the hardest thing about being a teen girl? Okay. So, um, Soul Meets Lens says, Pacey's dad sucks. They caught the baby fish of the baby shark. Baby shark. Do 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 do. And then, okay. So the hardest thing about being a teen girl is all the expectations and rivalry and self-esteem slash hormonal issues. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think that the hardest thing about being a teen girl, in my opinion, these days, and I'm not a teen girl right now, unfortunately. One can only hope. I think it has to be like all the social media like Mm -hmm. the instagram the snapchat the tiktok like living up to like your peers and like seeing people like whether like what they dress like or what they look like i feel like comparing yourself is probably really really hard for a teen girl the pressure from all sides i think the pressure to succeed the pressure to do well in school to live up to your parents expectations to live up to your friends expectations to grow up so quickly I think I I don't want to go back like I feel like it was hard enough around the first time uh even worse with social media being the way it is um completely agree yeah I mean granted I feel like the pressures that they felt in this episode um in the 90s not much has changed I think still think a lot of those things are very relevant now yeah yeah I think so too Regan um felt sad for Pacey in this episode. I feel yeah. sad for Pacey too. Um Jennifer says that the hardest thing about being a teen girl is bras. Preach. <laughs> yes. Oh my bras god. Are awful. Your your first bra shopping is like an experience you can never forget. I wore sports bras for so long. I was so insecure about them. Yeah. Uh, it's not fun. Like you wore three sports bras. That's oh, how many sports bras. I wore like the tight. I wanted to flatten my chest. Yeah. That was yeah. the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we have some emails. Those were all Twitter posts. So if you want to tweet at us at shit 90s pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Stefan wrote in. Um, and said, hey, ladies, so I had to write in for this episode. So we started this process with Stefan and they he was following along with us. Remember that? Yes. Yep. Now, Stefan has went ahead and watched the entire show. I don't blame him. It's a good show. Yeah. So this episode stands out um, in particular because out of all the many teen dramas that Stefan has watched, the beach scene, so the the scene between Pacey and his father, mm-hmm. is one of the most powerful ever. This is the moment the show sh- uh, becomes Pacey's Pond. <laughs> Pacey's Pond. <laughs> um, this is also the moment that Joshua's Jackson proves himself to be the uh, best actor on the show and he never looks back. Oh, that's very exciting. Intriguing. I do agree that this is a great showing from him, so yeah. I'm curious to see if it uh, if he takes the cake for everybody. Yeah. Waiting this long to show Pacey's family pays off, we never get to see his family because he doesn't want to see his family, and now we know why. The actor who plays his dad is also great here. 
I thought so too, by the way. I thought that the casting was very well done. I thought that this person looked believable to be Pacey's father mm-hmm. in like stature and facial features. So I agree. Like I thought that was a good a good casting mm-hmm. choice. The scene starts off with wit and jokes and then reveals a much deeper level to it. Even though both my parents are great. I think there are parts of all of us that we feel like failures. And there are definitely people who makes us feel like failures. This is the beauty of a show like Dawson's Creek. Pacey gets to say what most of us can never, uh, never can. And he gets to be emotional in a way that is rarely seen in real life. But we as viewer, viewers get to take that journey with him while remembering our own similar feelings. Knowing that Pacey is not a failure maybe helps repaint our own moments as just that a moment cheers ladies keep up the great work i think this was a really powerful email i really appreciate this no that was great great feedback yeah i totally agree like i think it makes sense that i didn't ever think about it from the perspective of well pacey's doesn't want to be around his family so of course we wouldn't see them like i feel like that's a really great point i didn't think of right i thought Um, so too so we got an email from Linda. Linda, Hi. thank you so much. We love hearing from you. Hi, Linda. Um, she says she would love to change the title of this episode to Shut Up Dawson. <laughs> um, she says he's so cringe. He's constantly undermining Pacey's feelings. Pacey's dealing with an emotional abuse and possibly physical abuse. Um, she mentions the the way his dad kind of smacked him on the back. Um, yeah. I and, noticed the same thing as Linda. Yes. And he was scared to beat him in darts, uh, so he lose, lost on purpose to appease his dad. Uh, Dawson spends practically the entire episode making everything about himself and being a jerk to Pacey. He's so whiny and self-absorbed. Uh, Jack and Pacey would give anything for a dad like Mitch, and Dawson has no idea how lucky he is. He finally wakes up by the end of the episode to give Pacey some support. At least that is something. Totally agree, Linda. It was a yeah. long time coming. I feel like mid-episode, Dawson should have realized it. Because he's been friends with freaking Pacey forever. Like, how do you not realize this by now? Um, I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he says she says Pacey's breakdown on the beach was so heartbreaking and shows why he stopped trying so long ago and why he's always hiding behind humor. Uh, when he finally does try to open up to his best friend about what's going on, his feelings are totally belittled. He's told he's exaggerating and gets treated like crap. Uh, very that very very that like I think yeah. that's the t- the hardest thing because and when you're in a situation where like you feel like somebody's being emotionally like abusive to you there's nothing worse than you know you expressing your feelings to somebody else and them like all you want is acknowledgement like Like validation and all you want is validation exactly and to be told like you're wrong or like you're overreacting is as damaging in my opinion as the person that's doing that emotional harm. Because I also feel like that person probably is questioning whether or not they're exaggerating. Yep. So then to get somebody saying that, it's like, oh, wait, am I am I correct about this? Yeah, I completely yep. agree. Because then um, you feel crazy. And it's like, no, like that person's being crazy. Yeah. It's like, but you feel like, am I the person that's nuts? Like, am I not, am I overreacting? Like, am yeah. I the one that is like in the wrong? Like, yeah. it's very, very damaging. 
Yes. Um, and she talks about the the girls getting together. She says it was really nice to see them all together for a change. Um, they had a chance to say things that they've needed to be said for quite some time. I'm ready for Joey and Jen to be friends. So um, so over the women always having to be in competition with each other vibe. Um, also, Jen, we get it from you. No- excuse me. Jen, <laughs> we get it. You're from New York. You don't have to say it three times in one sentence. <laughs> it's um, so true. Yeah. Uh, she says, we found out why Abby stirs up trouble so much. I don't know if people would qualify her boredom as good enough reason, though. Andy is far too precious taking the time to talk to Abby and trying to understand you. Or excuse me, understand her. Hope you ladies have an amazing weekend. Um, thank you so much, Linda. We love your emails. And honestly, I feel like you articulated everything we were thinking so well. I didn't even think about the fact that like, yeah, obviously Pacey is using his humor as like a defense mechanism. Like he's hiding things behind it. Like it, it totally tracks. Oh, yeah. I I know. Um, Freaking Abby, by the way, like it is not a good justification as no. to what she said. Boredom is not. Crazy. Yeah. Um, Kelly, our friend Dirtbag Kelly, January 27th, 1999. Oh, BTW. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it doesn't surprise nobody that Dawson has read Moby Dick, right? No. Like, of course, Dawson's read all the classics. He loves it. So Gail interview turned into a sleepover. Also, thoughts on using parents' first names as Jen goes by Dale, Gail, and Joey goes by Mrs. Leary. Okay. I would never attempt to do the Gail thing unless she was like, call me Gail. Okay. So I agree. I've always been very respectful of this. So I had, um, you know, a friend that like was like Mrs. Blank for what for so long, um, a friend's mom. Mm -hmm. And then eventually she was like, call me Diane. And I was like, I'm not ready yet. So then I called her Mrs. Diane and I've called her (laughs) Mrs. Diane for the last 20 something years. (laughs) And I still call her Mrs. Diane. Yeah. (laughs) And then I called Drew's parents, um, Mr. and Mrs. Blank. And then they told me to call them by their first names. And sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. Very respectful. Um, but I, there are a few parents. They're the only, the my one friend, I call her mom Nanners because her name's Nancy. Okay. That makes more sense than, no. I was like, why would you? Okay, Or Nance. Nance. She goes by her first name, but I've, I don't, yeah. So she, I call her parents by their first names. It depends on the person. Makes sense. Yeah, Abby is like this because she's had a normal life. That's an interesting take. Also, no one notices Abby outside the chair outside. Yeah, can you imagine? It's like, can you imagine Abby's little head, like just like poking, like turning around? Like she's probably on the deck for most of the night, like yeah. watching what's happening through the. No window. one notices. Nobody notices. Yeah. Poor Abby. She's like a ghost. Um, was Mitch going to sleep on the dock? Very much so. He had his sleeping bag and his space blanket. And yeah, he was totally sleeping on the dock. Uh, John Witter sucks. Yes, he does. Um, and he, Kelly thought it was interesting that Mitch almost walked into the house, too. Yeah. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Abby was the star of this episode again. I would say Pacey was the star of this episode. 1,000% I would say Pacey, yeah. Pacey was the star of the episode, but Abby, I appreciate everything that Abby does, except uh, she's a lunatic. Uh, do you do you care for some fashion hour? Let's do some fashion hour. 
Fashion Hour. We have two awards here for Fashion Hour. The first being the Rachel Green Award for the most 90s outfit. My first nomination is Ms. Joey Potter, just a small town girl trying to get out and not die at the creek. Um, she is wearing her like little Norwegian jackets, uh, sweater that she likes to wear. Um, underneath, she is wearing. Um, once again, this was such a 90s thing, having big giant numbers and then words. So this is a number 18 <laughs> with the words high school yes. on it. <laughs> you know, just like classic high school shirt. But this is the type of thing that you bought at like Aeropostel. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I love just high school. It's not any specific high school, just high school. Like high this school. is a very 90s thing. I yeah. remember this being yeah. a thing. And when I saw yeah. this on the show, I was like, I hope Sarah puts this in the fashion hour because yeah. I remember these types of shirts. Yeah, it's yeah. hilarious. It's so yeah. stupid. Just high school. It was almost like the all-star, but this is worse than all-star. Yes, it's worse than all-star because all it just makes sense. It doesn't even say like Cape Side <laughs> High School. It just says fucking high school. High school. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's wearing some wide-legged uh, jeans, like not quite bell-bottoms, but a very wide leg, um, especially at the calf area, and just some like little, little lower, little lower shoes. Um, yeah. What do you think about Joey? Uh, her hair is parted down the middle. It's straight. We didn't do anything fancy with yeah, it. Yeah, no, this time no around. curls today from no. Joey. Um, yeah, this is funny. I, I love this shirt. I think this <laughs> totally makes sense. Totally tracks. Um, the sweater as well. I mean, like, I loved a wide leg pant in the nineties. So, um, love this look from Joey. Very casual look from Joey here. Yeah. Next up, we have the Abby Morgan. Um, she is wearing. Let's go from top to bottom. She is wearing the skinniest little headband, a headache-inducing headband. Um, <laughs> po- like pulled back. Not how like Andy wears headbands because Andy would still have the part, but she has like the hair pushed back. Like she's actually she- utilizing a yeah. headband for its intended yeah. purpose. Right, right, right. Um, she has some black like band like uh chokers. Then she has like this like bluish black leather jacket underneath. She has this like blue like I think it's like a velvety material button down shirt with like a little cami underneath. She's wearing a some sort of short mini skirt with some sort of ugly pattern. It's purple. Uh, black see-through tights, and I think she's wearing some sort of Mary Jane. Like, what do you think about this outfit? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the headband and the choker alone make it qualify for a 90s outfit. I thought that the skirt was like a cheetah print type of thing, and oh, if that's maybe. the situation, my girl loves an animal print, girl. She, she is loves animal print. She <laughs> always loves animal print. Yeah, I like the jacket. I really hate the... I am not a fan of, like, velvet material in general. I would never wear mm-hmm. it, and so that yeah. leads me to, like, not like her top I also don't necessarily think the outfit like matches well together <laughs> it does not match I it just does. doesn't really make no. sense to me and yeah. I mean I'm not I know we do a fashion hour here I'm not the most like fashion forward person in the world but like I, even I was like does this really match <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can stare at it long enough and it probably does not yeah um last up I kind of struggled with this outfit because I'm like is it 90s or is it like is it timeless but I think I landed on 90s because especially because of 
Pacey's very, very small sunglasses. <laughs> I knew that's what you were going to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, very small sunglasses. Um, they are minuscule and his like little like eye hoods like go over the sunglasses. It's very <laughs> weird. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I can't make fun of someone's structure on their face, but he's wearing a gray hooded sweater. Um, over that is a jean jacket, like a light jean jacket that he puts his hood over the denim jacket, which is the look. Mm-hmm. Um, he is wearing like greenish khaki corduroy somethings and some shoes. He wore this entire outfit at the boating trip. Like, honestly, I guess they don't change their clothes on the boat. No. Where are they going to do that? Yeah, they definitely it, don't. I don't know, like anywhere in the boat. But um, what do you think about Pacey's fishing outfit? Yeah, I would definitely say the sunglasses make this 90s, but everything else I could see day to day. If the pants are indeed corduroy, I also would say that is certainly 90s. But I agree, it's hard to tell. Um, These sunglasses cracked me up. He wore them so much this episode. And every time I saw them, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't. (laughs) They're so tiny. They, like, barely cover his eyeballs. Yeah, so Um, small. He looks good, though. I like this look on PC. I especially like a hoodie over a jacket. I think, or excuse me, like the hood of a hoodie over a jacket. Do you think he has enough pockets? We always talk about, like, (laughs) the utility of these clothes. Like, oh, all the men have so many pockets and the women have none. This is just how life is. It's a travesty. Yeah. Um, so what do you think? Who's our so winner for the I Rachel Green to. Award? I can't not. I, I am in love with the high school shirt. So Joey <laughs> has to get it. The high school shirt cracks me up in a way that I can't even explain. High I have to school. Do it. Okay. She just goes to high school. Number 18 high school. <laughs> She's number 18 high school. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, Our Paul Rudd Certificate of Timeless Award. First up, we got... Our Zaddy Mitch, um, you know, you know, if you listen to us in season one, there's something about a turtleneck that just sends me over the edge. Anyone who wears a turtleneck, I'm intrigued. Mitch is wearing a gray turtleneck um, underneath this like purple plaid, like cozy looking jacket. He has like some sunnies as well, but they like hang on a chain. He's wearing some jeans. Um, what do you think about Zaddy Mitch and his turtleneck ensemble? Zaddy Mitch gets me. Zaddy Mitch yeah. just understands me. First of all, yeah. this jacket. I love this jacket. I want to yeah, get like this, jacket this jacket for Will. I also yeah. want one for myself. There's something I don't even care about turtlenecks. I don't wear turtlenecks. However, I will say maybe it's just because it's Mitch. He's killing it. He's killing it. He has this like Massachusetts Cape Cod masculinity that is going on. And it is working. He's, I can't. He's great. I love him. Mitch is hot. Like he really is. Mitch is fucking hot. Yeah, he really is. Um, okay, so next up we have Andy, and Andy looks like she's going to private school, but <laughs> sure, it's fine. So, girl, you're not in school, like, you're at an after school thing. Like, why are you still wearing this outfit? I don't know. So, Andy is wearing a um, above the knee uh, schoolgirl plaid outfit with like a little, like, you know, white button down shirt. She has like, you know, like a red cardigan and she has like a blue jacket and she's wearing tights and like her little like flats. But she's also wearing this like giant barrette, which actually came back in 2021. 
um giant barrettes don't yeah. get it no don't get i it. don't get it i can't do it but either. it is in um but i think this is timeless because um you know you know people go to school <laughs> you know um here's the thing Andy yeah. looks like she's like 12. Like, Andy, stop it. Oh, stop Andy. it with the cutesy outfit. Like, I know. Andy, you're a woman now. It's like a step too far, right? Here's the thing. If she had done the cute plaid dress with like the, you know, the collar and everything, but done like combat boots, like I'm on board. Mm, like one or the other. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. too cutesy for me at this stage. I agree. Like you could see this today, but I feel like you'd see a more like punk rock version of this than than what this is. Ah, uh, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. So I'm guessing we're probably leaning towards one person oh, over the other. Zaddy Mitch is 100% yeah. getting this. Not for only yeah. his zaddiness, but for the outfit itself. So yeah. wins, wins across the board for yeah. Mitch. Yeah. So congratulations, number 18 high school and <laughs> Zaddy Mitch. Look at number 18. <laughs> number 18. Me in a way. I just can't. Yeah, yeah. Oh, number 18 high school. Oh, my gosh. What a great fashion hour. This was um, fun. This was amazing. I love this episode. Again, I feel like season two firing on all cylinders yeah. here. Do it we, was importante. It definitely was. Do we want to take a guess here? Season one, episode 13 coming up. His leading lady. What do you think? Oh, that means? so oh gosh, we're going to get more Dawson. Um, Dawson. I thought you were just going to end the sentence there. Oh, we're going to get more Dawson. <laughs> more Dawson we're gonna get more Dawson movie stuff Mm -hmm. and maybe like Abby drops out and he has to choose between like um like Jen or Joey as like the leading lady for the show for the movie but also like in life interesting okay fun fun we will see next week uh obviously coming up next week keep a listen for that Obviously, always the Boy Meets World content coming at you weekly on Thursdays. Uh, Sarah, what else do we have coming out for people to listen to? So this past Saturday, we released our Lamb Before Time um, podcast with Lindsay Wilson. And that was so much fun. If you haven't listened to it yet, please check it out. Also for June, we also released... um, now and then with Deidre and that was phenomenal lots of fun um we we gave like a sneaky peeky for July's like theme which is like um books that became movies um should we announce the the first yeah why not let's announce the first one yeah so if you like the magical mystical elements of Ronald Dahl uh, you will like uh, the the move the movie uh, Matilda, um, and um, sorry, Je- Jess, you okay, girl? <laughs> yes, sorry. Winston keeps coming up and licking my elbow, and I oh, just okay. can't get into stuff. I didn't know if you were like swatting at bugs or like <laughs> no, just, what you were up keeps to. Licking my okay. Well, nonetheless, thank you, Winston loves Matilda. Um, We're watching Matilda with Mara Wilson and Danny DeVito, and it's, like, so good. And we're seeing it with um, the great um, LT. Yes. LaTanya Starks is going to be in the house. It's going to be amazing. Super, super excited for that. Um, In other news, other plugs. Actually, I have other plugs. (laughs) Go on. 
beyond you go forward <laughs> uh beyond community building which you can always check out at post show recaps um give that a listen it's amazing it's a fun time we're barreling towards the end of season one already um you can also catch me on sponge podcast pants um if you remember chad we had him on during boy meets world i know he's watching dawson's creek so you might hear his voice here eventually um i was on his podcast talking about spongebob that was a lot of fun give that a listen uh sponge podcast pants i retweeted it go give that a a check out um and um if you are a survivor fan uh i will have been on the rhap top 40 countdown talking about season 12 panama yay this weekend or last weekend i guess with Lindsay wilson so check that out i'm sure i haven't recorded it yet but i'm sure it's gonna be a fun time i've been binging the season it's such a great season it's so ridiculous and funny um so definitely check that out if that's something you're interested over on rjp i'll check it out all 500 hours <laughs> yes we'll see how long it goes for um but yeah that should be a lot of fun so definitely give that a listen um and please send us feedback we i loved how much feedback we had today i really we really enjoy reading it um so shit 90s pod at gmail.com and obviously on the social meds at shit 90s pod yep and i think that's and that's all that's we got this week today that's it for today Tune that is next week today. yes everybody we will be back next week with season one episode 13 of dawson's creek thank you all for listening be sure to weigh in are you noodles or are you shitheads let us mm, know the ultimate <laughs> question yes everybody have a good one bye Shit 90 Shows taught me. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.